following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Venom, The Terminator, Godzilla, Return of Godzilla, Son of Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, Kong vs. Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Kong, Godzilla vs. Gigan. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, Godzilla, King of Monsters, and Giant Monsters All-Out Attack. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or a sentient puddle of alien sludge. I'm your host, Luigi. With me, as always, is my co-host, a new co-host every week and always the person that picks the movie that we're going to be discussing. Uh, So today, that is uh, my good friend, freelance artist, technical crew member, and resident monster expert, Yanni Patsarakis. Welcome to the show, Yanni. It's good to be back. What's up? Good to have you back. Uh, Remind the listeners which episode, which previous episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs they should have heard you on. The previous episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs that I was on was the RoboCop episode, where you made a fantastic Photoshop where you gave RoboCop my mustache, Mm. which was (laughs) just great. (laughs) And uh, I'm now back to talk about the uh, latter half of the podcast name, as I'm here representing dinosaurs this week, Uh, because we're, uh, we're talking about Godzilla, because that's what I do, is I show up on random podcasts exclusively to talk about Godzilla. And that's how you earned your title of resident monster expert. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, I love I love it when a guest uh, comes on my show and brings on a robot movie and then later a dinosaur movie or or in the opposite order. Um, So uh, did I don't know if you said the name of this Godzilla movie, but tell the listeners in case we missed it. Just remind them uh, which movie are we going to be discussing today? Today we are talking about Godzilla versus Hedera also known as Godzilla versus the Smog Monster in the United States. Oh, okay. It was like, it was actually billed as that when it came to the U.S.? Yeah. Well, a big thing about a lot of Godzilla movies from the 50s, 60s, and 70s is that those are the only ones that came to America when they were still new. A lot of the ones from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, it was like DVD releases way after the fact. Yeah. But um, these actually had theatrical releases, but they would change a lot of stuff in the dub. As well as just change the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Godzilla versus Mothra is one of the most famous, but it was actually changed to Godzilla versus the Thing, which, like, you know, that's confusing. I think of the John Carpenter movie or the Fantastic Four character. I don't think about Mothra when I think of Harry of the Thing, but there you go. So, because yeah, the Hedera thing was a little anything. too weird. It, it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, Hedera was a little too weird. So they're just like uh, Smog Monster. Yeah. Like, I, I know Mechagodzilla was retitled Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster at one point, which... That's crazy. I, I don't know. I think it's... <laughs> That's crazy, because Mechagodzilla is such a descriptive name. Like, you know exactly what you're getting. It's right on the box. Oh, exactly. You're just like, oh, he's a, he's Godzilla, but he's a robot. I get it. Yeah. Perfect. Cosmic Monster sounds like a Jack Kirby creature or something, you know? Like, he sounds yeah. like he should be fighting... Thor and the Avengers. 
Yeah, that just makes it more confusing to call him a cosmic monster. Technically, Hetero was a cosmic monster, right? Like, we're definitely going to get into it, but it's like the origin of this monster kind of seemed to be like at first it was like, oh, it's our fault. Um, And I think that is true, that it's our fault that maybe it got as big or as dangerous as it got. Um, But it didn't originate on Earth, right? It came from another planet, technically. Yeah, he he is an alien, technically, because a lot of the thing is that, like, the first Godzilla movie, he's the villain. He's destroying Earth. He's destroying, Mm -hmm. you know, Tokyo, the whole nine. And then in the subsequent sequels, he's usually a bad guy when he fights, like, King Kong and Mothra. But around the time that King Ghidorah shows up and he's very explicitly, I am a golden dragon from space. (laughs) <laughs> also a cosmic monster. Mm-hmm. Um, Godzilla is very much like, you can't destroy Earth. I'm from Earth. I destroy Earth. You get the hell out of here. And um, I think with Hetera very specifically, and you see it in this movie, is that like he's an alien that comes to Earth because his species like eats garbage sure. or eats pollution or whatever. And because Earth has such pollution, it can become a kaiju-sized monster. And Godzilla is straight up like Captain Planet in this movie. And if and if we weren't polluting our planet so rampantly, like Hedora might have might have just ignored us. Then they never would have come here in yeah. the first place, right? It's like we set set a a dinner plate out for you know anything exactly. in the cosmos to come and, and swing by. <laughs> we we left the, the leftovers on the porch and then we came back and it was covered in flies and we're like, how did this happen? <laughs> how could this happen? <laughs> Who did um, this? <laughs> it's, that, it's that meme of the person like riding their bike and they stick a, a stick in the front tire. <laughs> Who did this to me? Um, this is capitalism's fault. <laughs> <laughs> is there uh is there like a strong distinction, I guess, between Godzilla monsters that are um, from space versus like w- the ones that are from Earth? Uh, like, do the ones from Earth tend to be good guys and like fight on Godzilla's side? Um, and whereas usually. the aliens are usually evil, or is that like just kind of whatever the movie needs at hand? It is a little bit of whatever we're doing at the time, but it tends to be in the greater Godzilla lore that. Earth monsters like Mothra and King Kong and Anguirus, uh, which are essentially big versions of Earth creatures, gorillas, moths, and like armadillos. And even Mm -hmm. Godzilla himself is like kind of a T-Rex, sort of, not really. Um, They tend to, they'll fight because they're monsters and that's what giant monsters do. But it's more of a territorial thing. When monsters from other planets show up on Earth, that's when it becomes more of like, oh, no, we got to send them off planet. And the human characters start rooting for Earth monsters. And I love that because in a lot of superhero stuff, it's very like, oh, I love all the people on Earth. But with Godzilla, he kind of is ambivalent towards people. And mm-hmm. he kind of lets us live as opposed to like, you know, loving us or something like Superman. So <laughs> when an alien creature shows up, he's like this is my house dude you got to get the hell up out of here yeah i've uh i've noticed um was it king king Ghidorah was an alien yeah um, he's like the first one yeah and so Mo- mothra is from earth like mothra is yeah, from yeah mothra some, like, is island. like yeah mothra is like the most good kaiju of all of them she's like the most benevolent her powers are mostly like 
she creates wind gusts, but she also like can heal people and has like two tiny, like literally like pocket sized women who sing about her and summon her. <laughs> you know, <That's> wild. <laughs> I love that it so makes much. total sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you do if you're from uh mysterious island. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think of the other Godzilla movie that I've seen that was like, it was a King something. Was it Gigan? No, he lived in a cave and there was somebody that woke him up with a flute. And Oh, that's King Caesar. King Caesar. Uh, he's like a lion dog monster, yep. but he's also like, like a Chinese statue. Yes. Yeah, King Caesar is actually like a good dude. And him and Godzilla apparently kicked King a uh, King Ghidorah's ass back in the day, mm-hmm. and Mecha Godzilla being a space robot showing up on Earth, they have to summon him with a song. They have to sing him awake, and then he fights Mecha Godzilla and still just gets his ass kicked, which is I think <laughs> the funniest part of it is that like he still just totally eats crap, and and Mecha Godzilla is like laughing. While he's mm-hmm. doing it. And it's not until Godzilla shows back up that they like, you know, he tags out. Godzilla comes in with the clothesline <laughs> and the steel chair, you know, how it goes. Yeah, I got I love how much like it turns into a wrestling match. Uh do you oh, do you have any any preference for like there's different styles of Godzilla that we get? There's this this one, Godzilla versus Hedera, clearly a man in a suit. Um, and I th- I think there's a term for that, right? Um suit mation. Suit mation, yes. Yes. Uh, we also feel like is a word. Mm. I, was say, I feel like suitmation is a word created by people who don't really speak English because <laughs> there's no real animation in suitmation. It's still just a guy in a suit, but you need a term for it. Yeah. And you can't just call it mascot work, even though that's kind of what he's doing, like big arm gestures. <laughs> oh, <and> shit. <laughs> the thing he's going to attack. And uh, <laughs> that's totally true. That's totally uh, and, true. Of course, in like modern Godzilla movies, they use a ton of CG. Um, oh yeah. Do you have Do you have a preference for like a certain style of Godzilla? Do you like the the guy in the suit? Do you like? I mean, I'm an old head, I guess. Like, I'm always gonna be in for it for the guy in the costume. Yeah. Um, what I love about it is that like there, and I talked about this on Criterion Project with our good friend Conrado, but like. There's a tangibility that the suit process has that can't be recreated with digital effects. Yep. And like, yes, it looks fake. And yes, it looks silly. But all of those buildings were built with interiors inside of them, like the little paper mache buildings. So when they get smashed, they like crumple in a way that maybe it doesn't look like concrete, but it feels like a real structure that was being destroyed and lit on fire. And I heard this one guy describe a kaiju fight as a weird marriage between professional wrestling and ballet. And oh, yeah. I was just like, that's completely insane, but I agree totally. And there's just something to say about there is a man in this giant rubber costume who is literally being lit on fire and sweating himself to death for my entertainment mm-hmm. as a movie watching person. And I don't want to, you know, crap on CG. Like, I, I don't, because, like, I love computer-generated stuff. Like, you know, yeah. I grew, we all grew up in a post-Terminator 2 world. Oh, yeah, so it's amazing. I love, yeah, I love the legendary Godzilla. I think he's awesome. Like, you know, he's, at the end of the day, he's my boy. He's Godzilla. I want to run from him in fear, give him a high five and a hug, like, all at the same <laughs> time. Um, 
And like, I, I love those movies. I loved Godzilla versus Kong and King of the Monsters and all the other ones too. Uh, but like at the end of the day, I'm about the, the rubber suits. And yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where like, I'm looking up the differences in which suit was in which movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, you'll cool. see if you watch God's Hetera, the one that we're talking about today, that suit is falling apart in mm. this movie. Like, there's a couple shots where, like, he throws his arms up and you can see, like, bits of rubber fling off of it. You and know what, like, though? That that implies that God, the, this Godzilla has been through a few fights. You know, he's he's defended oh, Earth yeah. multiple times. He's got some wear and tear. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's like he's he's been doing this. He's not pristine. Yeah. He's a fighting champion, as it were. Got scars. <laughs> Quite literally, man. Because that's the <laughs> thing is that Hedera is interesting because a lot of Godzilla monsters uh, like come back after their first movie. Mm-hmm. Like either like with another monster and a sequel or something. Hedera is in this movie. Okay. Because this movie was really not successful when it came out. It did really poorly, hmm. comparatively speaking. Because uh, I, I can keep going. Do you want to like set up the plot at all? Oh yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna, um, if you wanna lay like some foundation for the plot, absolutely. So this film is about an alien creature, as we've established, coming to Earth because he is attracted to the high levels of pollution in our atmosphere and in our oceans, mm-hmm. and he can feed off of it. He is like at first a tiny little tadpole creature in like a, a like a petri dish, being studied by this old man and his grandson. Uh, and he quickly starts growing in size to the point where he's kaiju size, he's the size of buildings and stuff like that. And he starts terrorizing Tokyo. And the who way, else is going to show up? The What's way up? he grows is interesting, too, because it's like there are multiple tadpoles and they look through a microphone, uh, my, um, magnifying glass in a Petri dish. And it's like anytime two of the tadpoles are within a proximity of, of each other, they, they combine um, and they just like start combining and growing bigger and then when that group meets another big group they combine uh so it's it's almost as if they're like a bunch of little life forms collectively creating a giant mass yeah he's like he's kind of like venom i guess in that way yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good way that's a good comparison you know i think that's always good for any kind of sludge monster is that like oh they're actually thousands of microorganisms working together yeah you know it's it's gross and it's fundamentally <laughs> not human. Like, like we yes. don't function like that. It's alien to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who's going to stop this giant freaking monster, but Godzilla, you know, who has been doing it for quite some time at this point. And his entrance in this movie is one of the best mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in any Godzilla movie. Cause he makes some dope entrances. He's like the undertake. Like yes. he, he's got some really cool openings, but this one, he just walks out in front of a sunset, like Clint Eastwood. While some really like farty trumpets are playing in the background, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. It's because he it, it's some serious like uh, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Energy, you know, like and he uh, I I, I kind of wrote down while I was watching the movie like okay, this is round one. I know that they're gonna fight again because this is way too early in the movie for Godzilla to beat him. Uh, so I wrote down like round one, this is what happens. Then there was a round two and 
it took three rounds. It took three fights uh, for them for Godzilla to finally take him out. But he kicks his ass in the first fight. Like, I was surprised by that. I was like, usually, uh, you know, you expect the hero gets their ass kicked and then they have to get stronger and figure out why did this thing beat me? It found my weakness. What's its weakness? But this is the opposite. It's like Godzilla just comes in and is like, get off my planet. Rex chases this thing back to the ocean. And then, like, <laughs> even when it goes in the ocean, he's like blasting the ocean. Like, he's like, fuck you. I'm you're not getting away. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's it, what he's burning the garbage in the ocean, right? Yes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, was, and then, and was, then it, it comes back and kicks Godzilla's ass. But it, yeah, it was just interesting that, like, this thing, Hedora had to evolve in order to have a chance against uh, Godzilla. Well, it's like, because Hedera is characterized by having multiple forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this movie, like, yeah, exactly. The only other kaiju like that is Mothra, really, because Mothra has oh, like a larval yeah. stage and then grows wings. So, like, Hedera is first like a weird like bowling ball in the ocean with eyes, yeah, and then gets kind of like is like kind of crawling and has sort of like zombie hands and stuff when it's like skulking around. And that's the version that Godzilla. He literally like rips holes in him, <laughs> like, yep, like he shoves his claws through him. He like just beat the living hell out of him it's fantastic I, if if there's some construction outside being picked up on the mic i'm sorry not but a problem. Um, that's okay what do you call it uh <clears throat> but hetero then quickly learns to like fly and kind of makes like a <laughs> flying saucer shape out of its you know gelatinous body yeah, he like just kind of fold, folds up and like farts from one end to propel himself. <laughs> <laughs> Emits gas and then levitates. <laughs> and Godzilla's kind of just left standing there like, hey, where are you, where are you going? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Fight me. Um, and like that's the, the so the big thing about this movie is where it's kind of located in the timeline for Godzilla stuff is that the first movies are very serious and very heavy movies. And as they continue, they become more and more campy, as people know. And that's mm-hmm. what people kind of associate with them. But that's because um, Godzilla stopped being a thing for adults in Japan. And he was becoming a thing for kids. Mm-hmm. Because shows like Ultraman and Kamen Rider were really big on Japanese TV. So to compete, Toho were like, oh, we need more monsters. And we need more colorful fights. And we need more fireworks. Because that's what kids want. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like, so it's in that era of Godzilla where it's like, oh, no, well, there needs to be a kid protagonist who's like trying to get through stuff and needs to be colorful and wacky. But the guy who made it, uh, I'm going to mess up his name. I think it's like Yoshimitsu Bono or something like that. Right. It, I could totally be wrong. He pitched this movie as like more of a sequel to the very first one where okay. the first Go- Gojira is about nuclear uh, annihilation and destruction this movie is about pollution, the the real greater evil. Mm. Pretty wild that this is a anti-global warming movie from yeah. you know the mid-70s. They they like, plant their flag on that right away. Like it starts out with um smog from all these factories and and like water is bubbling, and we see like beautiful Mount Fuji in the background, but all of this smog is obscuring it. Uh, and then this woman is singing um Telling, basically telling you the message of this movie. The birds and the fish, where have they gone? Give it all back. <laughs> Give back the blue sea. 
Save the Earth. I fucking love that song. <laughs> it's a banger. It's sort of the, like, whatever I'm in the mood for just a, a jaunty tune, and I put on the theme to Godzilla versus Hedera. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you call it? Uh, but, like, as a result, this movie is, like, feels like a children's movie with a bunch of horrifying things in it. Yeah, Ken, Ken Yano is the little kid in this movie that... Um, he when he's introduced, it's I really appreciate this detail. He has all of the Godzilla action figures, and oh hell yeah, he's like <laughs> like playing with them. And then uh, I think it's his older brother or maybe his dad comes out, um, and they're like, "Oh, Godzilla is your favorite, right?" And he says, "Yeah, because he's a Superman." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, is, with his cape, <laughs> is Ken? Uh, is Ken? Ken does Ken show up in other movies? Because like it seems like this this. This connection Ken has to Godzilla seems significant, seems important. It seems like it was established in a previous movie, but maybe not. Um, I, dude, Ken is in this movie. That's like, incredible he, uh, to me. <laughs> that's incredible. That's the thing is that like um, Ken is just every little boy in Japan. Okay. Like at the time, like. Somebody goes up to him and like, oh, Godzilla is your favorite because he has all the action figures. That is literally in the movie for the sake of the kids watching at home. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like me. He's yeah. got all the action figures. And now I got to buy like, the action figure. I got to get my parents to buy these for me. Exactly. I got to get the new hetero one when it comes out yeah. you know, from Bandai. <laughs> like, um, and that's the thing about – there's like next to no crossover with human characters per Godzilla movie. There's almost no continuity. Like there is exceptions, especially, and it's usually characters from the first film. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, actors show up in different roles, and that's the continuity. It's kind of strange. That's fine. It's almost like, as if like an ensemble cast. Yeah. It's like we're the Godzilla players or something. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, are there are there other yeah. kids that have uh, a, a not previously explained telepathic connection to Godzilla like Ken does? Is that a regular thing for uh, yeah. Godzilla movies? You know, it's funny you should mention that because, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, so there's the Son of Godzilla movie where they establish that there's like a little, you know, chibi version of Godzilla. Yeah. And there's a sequel to that called Godzilla's Revenge, which is usually considered the worst one in the franchise. And it's essentially a clip show of a movie. Like it uses a bunch of footage from older Godzilla movies, but the new stuff is baby Godzilla who can talk now is hanging out with a child. uh, And they're hanging out together, watching Godzilla fight a new monster called Gabara, which looks just terrible. And it, uh, and it's actually a dream that this kid is having about Godzilla and being friends with his son. And, and it's really a message about standing up to your bullies. But it was and all I'm a not dream even the whole kidding. Time. The whole friggin' time, this is a real movie. <laughs> so it's, it's not technically canon because it's just a person dreaming about Godzilla. Like it's talking Godzilla is not like in the Godzilla canon, right? Because I don't think I want Godzilla yeah, to talk. Well, his son, but yeah. But there is also another movie. Where Godzilla and Anguirus do talk to each other. No, that is no supposed to be it, it, but that it's strange because in the Japanese dub they have like speech bubbles, like it's manga, like you know they <laughs> like on screen. 
They, I can't change my mind. I want, I want that. <laughs> they, they have like, uh, like you know, Godzilla like gestures, and then like a speech bubble pops up when he's looking at Angiris. But there's that apparently an American dub where they do talk, and it sounds just awful. Like because the roars sound like all crunched up and bad, and the and like and it's like Angela, we've got some trouble ahead. It, it's unwatchable. Yeah, <laughs> coming yeah. from someone who's seen all of these. That sound that sounds pretty rough. <laughs> but the speech bubbles look awesome. So like, if you can find that version, do that. I I I'm I'm certain I don't want literal talking godzilla like like what you just described but when you when you when you clarified that it was speech bubbles like a manga that sounds like the right angle the right angle to lean into i I agree it's stylized enough that you're like well obviously the monsters can communicate amongst each other Mm. and like there is a scene in uh ghidorah the three-headed monster where godzilla mothra and a and i think rodan are all screeching at each other Mm -hmm. and the little, as previously established, fairies that live that love Mothra are translating mm-hmm. for the monsters. Okay. And there's the the famous like Godzilla just screeches and then just oh Godzilla, what horrible language! Like, <laughs> which I love the implication that Mothra is trying to help Rodan and Godzilla fight Ghidorah because he's the real threat. And Godzilla's man, man, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> screw that, you know, like. But it's all screeches. Like, you know, I yeah. I live for that. Yeah, but back to hetero. Yeah. <laughs> um hetero. He, yeah. I, yeah. I was gonna say he um more than any other monster uh at the time, especially, really messes up Godzilla. Mm. Like when he gets the advantage in their physical fight. Um so much so that at the end of the movie, uh, Godzilla can't beat him without human intervention, which is very, very rare. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, that's really not how it goes. It's usually whatever human beings throw at Godzilla or any other monster, it's ineffectual. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that stops another monster is another monster. But at this one, uh, yeah, by the ending scene, I hope it's cool from talking about this out of order. Totally, like, yeah. Uh, Godzilla is like holding Hedera while the humans built some giant electric cannon sort of thing. Yeah, electrode, like electrode towers is what they called them. Electrode towers. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, and he's like holding him in there and it, until it, he like dissolves essentially, and then he completely rips his body apart. And then he does it again. Then he's like, "I'm, I, I need to make sure you're extra dead." So he pulls out <laughs> yeah. like organs and stuff and holds those up and activates the electro tower again he godzilla's very <laughs> thorough about killing hetera yeah he because he's upset because dude like uh uh hetera spit acid at his hand and melted mm. it down to bone not and, only that like he like buried him in a ditch and then covered him in all of his like dookie goo and like yeah. filled up this ditch, it was gross. I'd be, I would want to extra double and triple kill this thing and make sure it's absolutely yeah. dead if it did that to me. Yeah. Godzilla took a really hard L in the middle of this movie, and he's mm-hmm. just like, no, there's no way I'm letting this thing return. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, <they're>, they, <laughs> and they, the movie even ends with like, will there be another? And like, I'm like, no, no, Godzilla took care of that. There will not no, be no, another. No, it's done. It's it's done. <laughs> um, like, uh, 
it, it's that scene too when like uh, Hedera liquefies and just dumps like toxic gunk on Godzilla. There's mm. no other way to describe it other than he shat on. Him. Yeah, like, that's what goo. happened. He pooped on him, dude. That's gross. just what went down. Gross, gross, stinky goo. The horrible indignity, and <laughs> I think it's also. I think I love so I love this movie because because of its weird place in the timeline of Godzilla, it's very campy but trying to be self serious, and it's got this huge injection of psychedelic imagery in it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the, the nightclub like, has like some cool art. Like there's just a video wall, and it looks like a like a blood pulse, like or like a heartbeat, um, or like just acid or something like yeah in, it's really uh, like cool oil mixed with water like yeah, i, I want to awesome. go to that club um what do you call it i uh let's talk about that club for a second because there's a scene where a guy is like tripping on it on drugs and hallucinates everybody <laughs> is having fish for faces like it's fear and loathing <laughs> in las vegas <laughs> in this godzilla movie is, is and that to show singing... like our excess and and you know we're just like uh we're we're so distracted by party culture that we're not uh paying attention to the planet anymore and we're just is that is that the message i, I really you know louie I, I think you're kidding but you're really close <laughs> <laughs> you're really very very close to what the actual explanation is is that this movie's critical of big business and pollution mm-hmm. and like the way that you know, we treat the planet and everything like that, which is stuff that us living in the future are very inundated with and used to, to the point where it's kind of like background noise. But this movie is also very critical of the youth culture of the 60s and 70s. And that scene is basically like y'all are acting like you love the earth and free love and all this stuff, but you're really just here to party. Yeah, and- they organize like a one million uh person party at the base of mount fuji and like only 100 people show up but still like the goal is let's get everybody (laughs) out here to just party because we're gonna die from this sludge alien yeah we're gonna have a a free love in and it's gonna stop this giant you know muck monster that's killing us or or maybe it won't maybe we'll just have fun Mm -hmm. but like there's there's that there's the the infamous fish nightclub scene yeah. When there's like the guy freaking out and seeing everybody with trout faces. <laughs> and there's also like uh, Ken was the main kid, right? Yep. He comes across people getting turned into skeletons by Hedera. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cause it's like flying over and everything. He's melting people and, and poisoning the air mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this and this literal child comes across several bodies mm. in this movie. Which they are still trying to sell you as a kids movie, which is just crazy <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, um, it's all over the place. <laughs> all, yeah, and like it's got a weird, funky soundtrack, but the kaiju fights are weirdly quiet. Hmm. Like in terms of their their score, I don't know why that is. Like Akira Fukube did not do this movie, so I don't think it was a guy quite as on par. But like. Hmm. Makes the kaiju fights also surreal because you really hear all the footsteps and the rips and the tears and the crunches. And, uh, and they, and, I, I think, I think the reason that they might not have a score, uh, I don't, I don't know if it actually, if maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but it might be deliberate because the scent, like the the effect that it had on me is a lot of the fights are from this low angle. 
And you're kind of always checking back in with the struggle that the humans are going through. Like they're throwing all of their military might at it. They're throwing experimental weapons at it. They're getting crushed. Like they do those zoom outs and it's clearly a model truck or a model car and it's just getting stomped. But it's all like it is. It's very effective, I think. And it gives you a sense of the scale of these monsters that are battling each other. And I think the fact that there's no music kind of puts you right there. Like, because if you're there fighting, you know, trying to help Godzilla fight this thing, there's not, you're not going to have a soundtrack. You're just going to hear the booming footsteps and the screeches and the the impact when they're punching each other. Uh, I think that's a very, very strong interpretation. I don't think it's given them too much credit. I I think it's probably on the money because I could see it very much translating to like, oh, well, Godzilla versus pollution is the thematic conflict of this film. So when it's literally happening on screen, you pay attention, you mm. know, you like, you know, you don't, you're not just into the music or whatever. You're like, no, this is a mortal struggle between Godzilla and this crap monster. And don't you ever forget it. Mm. Like, I think you might be right on the money with that loop, to be mm. honest. But um, I also really just, I would be remiss not to mention the scene where he flies over a scaffolding that then collapses in stop motion, which is also completely silent, Mm -hmm. which feels like a David Lynch movie. Like, you know, like it feels truly surreal that you see like a guy scream and you're expecting this gigantic crash as this flying UFO monster with eyes like hits this, like a, like a traditional scaffolding and it just crumbles. Mm -hmm. Like it folds in on itself in complete silence and there's I, I don't know i don't know if it's meant to thematically represent anything but i know i think about it all the time it was really well done i i know i can the way you're describing it i can like play it back exactly in my head because it was so vivid that was really a really well done effect um and also like they, they really added a whole level of creepiness that it was just one guy up there and we see that that wide shot of him falling um, right before the whole thing crumbles and the way that it crumbles inward is so it's so good. It's so it's just really well crafted. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's also emblematic of what I love about all of these movies is that there is a real blend of different types of special effects mm-hmm. and all for the sake of like putting something extravagant on screen. So some good Japanese filmmaking at the time and in terms of you know budget, they couldn't compete with America. So there's this kind of like big budget B movie quality to all of these. And like, it's such a strange effect. It's such a, like, it's such a unique effect. It's not really like anything else. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I just love it. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Like, um, and I, uh, yeah, I, I love this movie because I feel like it's just often under discussed that like there's a lot of Godzilla movies and everybody wants to talk about the first one because it's a very powerful piece of art. But this one was conceptualized as a spiritual sequel to this movie that to both American and Japanese people is this heavy piece of art. And it's trying to do that with what it's you know setting out to do and, and what it's talking about in terms of what the real global impact of this sort of thing. But it's also got like Fishmen and Godzilla like <laughs> ripping out the organs of a, of another muck monster, which we got to talk about. It's supposed to be Hedera's eyeballs that he pulls out of the body. Oh, uh, really? Or at least that's what it is in the script. But if you look huh. at the suit, his eyeballs are still clearly there. Yeah. So 
that has led to a long, long running joke in Godzilla fandom that he ripped his balls off. <laughs> like, okay. Or, or if, if Hedera is female, his ovaries out. Yeah. But, or whatever. But like, there's just, it's, it, cause you know, monster fans are children. Like, <laughs> this is what we talk about. But like the the visual of Godzilla holding these two spheres that are then electrified mm. is like is is powerful to me. Totally, <laughs> like I just totally. I love I love the like dead serious look on his face, um, and like I don't know, Hedera is just such a weird villain, and he has two he has two other appearances that are very very specific. Oh, okay, yeah, and also and before we get to it, because I think that'd be a good note to close on. This is also the pothead Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. more so than all the other ones. Who makes you say that? This is the only Godzilla movie that has random bits of 2D animation used as like scene transitions. Yeah, I forgot uh, that that was in this movie. I watched this movie the other night and I forgot that that was happening until just now when you mentioned it. Yes, that <laughs> it, it does that like schoolhouse rock cutaway. Every once in a while. Yeah, that that's a very, very accurate comparison as to what the animation style looks like. Because mm-hmm. it feels like a children's cartoon where Hedera is like a big, goofy puffball drinking tar out of like boats and stuff. Yeah. But then there's also this weird scene with like two human faces that combine yep. as like a transitionary shot. And it's really beautiful. Like it really feels like it would be in a different movie. Like if you saw it out of context. You'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. It's also it breaks halfway through to have like a like a lesson in astronomy. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and biology throughout. Like they tell you a lot about like how the the hetera is so hard for uh Dr. Toru Yano to understand because it's not really organic. It's like made of minerals. And like Yeah. It's it because it because it's not like a biological organism as we understand it. Yeah, it's like a, a it's like a sentient corrosive agent. Mm-hmm. And like and there's just all this is the most surreal Godzilla movie. Like this is one that I show people and they don't know about it. Like it's got that scene where Godzilla's like whipping him around by his tail like Goku, and then like <laughs> it throws the goop on the walls and the like the salary men like the the businessmen are all like. They're gambling and they see the goo hit the walls and like, oh, that's weird. And then like a torrent of goo blasts through the windows. And then those guys are just dead. <laughs> and so I have a question, actually, there because that something like that happens in another scene where uh, Hedera comes down like this. All these stairs, all, all of his goo is like coming down these stairs and then it goes back up and there's like a cat in the middle but the cat is totally fine and they even say like oh he didn't eat the cat why how come what on like mount fuji ken was seeing all of those like melted skeleton bodies and everything but like this cat was completely fine being totally immersed in sludge i don't think they ever give like a full explanation as to why but (laughs) i know i i think you can view it in the the story aspect of like Hedera is here to kill humanity because mm-hmm. humanity is what pollutes the earth. So that's what he likes when he's feeding off a biological organism, he wants to feed off people mm-hmm. because like um, we're the ones that put garbage in our bodies and we're the ones that put garbage on the earth. Uh, cats don't do that. Cats just, you know, they're cats. 
fair. They kill mice and they sleep. You know, that's fair. And the, and they love scratchies. But <laughs> like, um, I I also think that Toho just didn't want to show a dead cat. Uh-huh. because that would just be a huge bummer. <laughs> like in yeah. this movie, like we could turn as many people into skeletons as we want, but like that cat would have put everybody in a bad mood. I always just saw that. And I'm like, I can't believe they did that to a cat. I can't believe they just dumped crap on him for a shot. <laughs> what do you think it was a real cat? Cause I couldn't tell if it was a puppet or I think not. So, dude. Yeah. I think it was. Cause like, I think, you know, we all grew up in the era of uh, no animals were harmed in the making of this film type yeah. vibe, which is the correct way to live, of course. But I think we take for granted that a lot of times in the past, uh, as well as a lot of other cultures other than American cultures, when they would make films, it would just be like, oh, it's just one shot. This animal will right. be fine. Right. You know, like, and it's messed up. It's it's really messed up. And I'm glad I, I, I'm glad the cat was OK and he just got messed up and didn't get hurt. But like it's it's you would never see that now. Yeah, like, yeah. That that disclaimer would... exists be, as like a reaction to the rampant animal cruelty in in films, you know, for the previous decades before I guess the ASPCA or whoever uh, kind of insisted on like, hey, y'all got to pump the brakes on be on doing on putting exploiting animals this way. Exactly. Um... And like I, I just I always remember that scene because I'm like I can't believe they did that to that poor cat. Holy shit! Like, yeah. He's just a little guy. You got to dump crap on him. It's so yeah. it's so mean. But at the same time, it's like Hedera didn't eat him, which yeah. is just always is very strange. And I never really really thought about it until you asked me. Huh? Because uh, it, it's um, a deliberate choice. Like they 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 spotlight it. You know, they want you to notice it in the movie. Um, so it, there must be Hedera must have a, a strong reason. Yeah, I I think he I think Hedera has like a will that mm. like some other creatures don't always have. Like uh, Ghidorah is very much like a, a, a monster unleashed. Like he's yeah. just here. He's he's reckoning. He's just here to destroy whatever moves. And a creature like Gigan is like here to like hurt you. He's the one with the hook hands and the buzz saw in his chest. Yeah, he's here to like cause pain. And Mecha Godzilla is like. I, and this is not me saying this. This is like a behind-the-scenes quote. They describe Mechagodzilla as a nihilistic killer. Okay. Which is a real... Like, he's literally a Terminator, dude. Yeah. Like, he's he's made by Skynet. Like, uh, But Hedera is more... Because the thematic elements of the movie are such about pollution and the way that we're killing the Earth, is like, Hedera's here to kill us because pollution's not here to, like, kill the animals necessarily, even though mm-hmm. it is. They're not causing it. We're causing yeah. it. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, they're, um, when uh, Dr. Yano and Ken are um, going to the shore so, like, do- the doctor can go scuba diving and try to, like, check out whatever he can discover about uh, this hetera in Saruga Bay, they see a bunch of clamshells that are empty and dead crabs. Uh, but I think you're right. I don't think it's hetera killing the sea life. I think it's the that's like supposed to show us like, oh, this is the result of our pollution. And this is why hetera is here destroying boats and and killing people. Um, as a resident monster expert, does this movie have a um, like a. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a particularly high body count. They They mention at one point on the news 
that Hetera has killed 35 people, 81 are injured, and they're and and destroyed 322 buildings. And that's only like midway through the movie, so he, he definitely kills a lot more later. Um, is that a high body count for a Godzilla movie or like average? It is, to be honest. And it, not to say that he kills more than Ghidorah or Mechagodzilla or whatever. It's that Hetera very specifically is killing people mm-hmm. where a lot of other monsters aren't necessarily there. They don't care that the people are there. Mm-hmm. Like Mechagodzilla is there to kill Godzilla. So if he has to level a city in the process of it, the framing of it is more like, oh, well, this city is gone. The population is gone. Where Hetera is like, because he's changing in size all the time, yeah. he can just as easily like creep up the stairs as well as he could step on a building. So it becomes more about a physical body count to represent the, the you know, the death toll and the destruction. And especially of this era, because like as you as they go on, the Godzilla movies have a little bit more of an intentional body count in certain aspects. Um, There's a really great one called Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Mothra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack or just GMK for short. Uh Uh, But in in GMK, Godzilla is the bad guy. And uh, because he's like a, a vengeful ghost almost more so than he's like a radioactive monster. And Ghidorah and Mothra are the, are the good guys, weirdly enough. Uh, okay. But, like, it's a story for a different podcast. But <laughs> Godzilla kills someone in that movie in one of the funniest ways imaginable. That it's a, there's a girl laid up in the hospital after a kaiju attack with, like, you know, two, two leg braces on. And she's stuck to the bed. And Godzilla's walking past the hospital. And she's screaming because she's like, holy shit, he's going to walk through the hospital. And she sees him. He gets really close, really, really close. And then he disappears. And he keeps walking and she takes a sigh of relief and then it cuts to an exterior shot of the hospital and, the, and his tail smashes through the building. <laughs> 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 and it's really darkly funny. So Godzilla, way has, this, Godzilla yeah. has excellent comedic timing is what you're saying. Absolutely. He's a professional, yeah. dude. Like, he's really <laughs> he's an industry vet, man. He's really funny. Um, and I think this movie has some of that energy, too, of just yeah. like. People are dying, but it's also weirdly, twistedly funny. So we got to talk before we're done about Godzilla flying, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, as we established, Hedera flies away from Godzilla on several occasions because he's a he's he's a live-to-fight-another-day monster. Yep. Like, and you know, he also – well, I, I feel like he could also sort of get beat up and then, like, just have part of him branch off and create a new hetera, right? If you if, exactly. if it came down he, to he's it. He's a shapeshifter in that way. Um and Godzilla sees this and he needs and he's like, well I gotta catch up with him. And um points his face down and starts using his atomic breath, which mm-hmm. has been very ineffectual towards hetera this whole time. Uh which is also kind of a very specific trait to him is that atomic breath hurts almost everybody mm-hmm. but hetera just kind of like eh, yeah i don't care i think it might actually be the reason hetera is able to evolve into its second form that can like be a ufo because they um when they're researching it the doctor mentions he's flying on nuclear power so it might have been that he absorbed some of godzilla's atomic breath and now he has like an internal engine that allows him to fly around uh, so it's, if anything, it's strengthened him. 
That's fucking great, dude. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I really, really love that, man. Um, but uh, Godzilla points his face down and starts breathing, you know, atomic energy. Mm-hmm. And he just very, very slowly starts lifting off the ground, like yeah, very progressively. He's not moving an inch because <laughs> like, it's a puppet. And it's just um, and then it's a hard cut to him, like flying backwards <laughs> with his tail out in front of him. Uh, and he's like Puff the Magic Dragon and he's just flying over the horizon, chasing Hedera. And <laughs> I found. I became a Godzilla fan through the Angry Video Game Nerd and James Rolfe and Cinemasker and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know this because of him, so I don't want to steal this joke. But literally the name of that scene in the DVD selection menu where he flies to chase Hedera is called Something You Don't See Every Day. Could not word it better. And that's very accurate. Yep. That couldn't have worded it better myself. That is straight up something you don't see every day. You don't see that in any other Godzilla movie. There, there were several moments in this movie where I was like, that is the last thing I expected to see in this. Uh, so yeah. absolutely. Yeah, some definitely something you don't see every day. <laughs> do you have any off the top of your head, Louis, if you just like, you know? Oh, I sure do. It's my favorite. My favorite moment of the whole entire movie is Ken, when he gets to Mount Fuji, where his useless older brother is like throwing a party. Uh, Godzilla just sent a telepathic message. I had to pause the movie because I was like, excuse me, what? What? <laughs> and I and like I was I was like I missed something. I missed something in the first half of the movie, or maybe I needed to watch a previous movie. Nope. They just dropped this on you, like, yeah, no, that's something Godzilla can do. Cause I don't I didn't get the sense that uh, like you said, Ken is not necessarily unique. Like Ken doesn't have telepathic powers. He just no. happens to be the kid that was that Godzilla was like, okay, I can I can communicate with you telepathically. So I'm going to let you know so you can tell the rest of the humans, whatever. But it was it, that caught me off guard. Yeah, that that would just sent you straight to hell. Like you uh, just like I love it, but it was just like wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is this is part of this reality now. Okay, that's all. I have so many more questions that I know are not gonna get answered by the end of this movie. I, so I guess I just have not to by the sit end of the movie. I will. The thing is, like I was telling you with that other movie with the dream sequence, uh, this movie, like having a kid in it, was also kind of a reference or like a, a nod or trying to rip off the Gamera movies, mm-hmm. which are uh, another. He's another. He's a giant flying turtle. Uh, is a different owned by a completely different movie studio. Ah. So Gamera and Godzilla have never met, like in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gamera, like without fail, even back to his first movie, which is more serious, loves kids. He's mm-hmm. friend to all children, and they talk to him, mm-hmm. and like literally, like he doesn't talk back, but they like tell him stuff, and he does it. And then that gets stretched so far that sometimes they're just like, I guess it's a telepathic link mm-hmm. so i think by this movie they're just like ah oh, crap we need to have it so that the kid told godzilla something uh <laughs> just, just in his mind you know yeah why not? i think i think these movies also mess with your brain because when i rewatched this uh because i have seen it a few times for the podcast and when they said like godzilla sent a telepathic message i was like yeah he did <laughs> yeah of course. he absolutely did 
<laughs> what else is he supposed How to do? Is that, like, write a letter? No. <laughs> Email didn't no, no, exist no. yet. What's no, he, Godzilla's is he gonna do one smoke option. signals or something, dude? Like, no, he's, he's just mine. And I shouldn't be, I shouldn't have been surprised because I saw Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, and in that movie, there's a kid that kind of has a telepathic link with King Kong, pretty much. Um, I don't know if it's telepathic with them. I think it's more like, you know, classic Jane Goodall, like you can communicate with apes with sign language <laughs> kind of vibe. I think you're right. I like, think you're right. I think it's more of like an emotional, like we're from the same island kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. But I also love that movie. And she's very cute. She's yeah. the only human character I like in that movie. <laughs> Yo, same. I um, love that movie so much, but you're right. Like all, all, uh, she is pretty much the only likable person. Um, I... I will tell this story very briefly as with my, uh, with my, uh, with my partner, like with my, my girlfriend, uh, she, I asked her, when did you realize that I was completely out of my mind? And she was just like, Oh, when you talked in the middle of the night about the story arc of the legendary Godzilla movies for an hour (laughs) and you didn't mention one single human being. You talk, but you talked for an hour about how these monsters feel about each other. I mean, I there's like, a lot of That's, drama. And she was like, I was compelled. It was really interesting. I also realized you were insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? I think we, we're, we're, we're coming up on wrapping up soon, I think. Uh, so I'd be remiss. I got to mention two things before we do your big three questions, Mr. Please. Louis. Um. So I said this is the Pothead Godzilla movie very specifically because there is just a scene where Hedera like lands on top of a factory mm-hmm. and just takes a gigantic bong rip out of a smokestack. Yes, he does. Like, like that is that is the most like doom metal stoner metal album cover I've ever seen. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, I should draw it. Like you know, like Please it's do. badass. I, I yeah, one day, man. It's on the list of a hundred other things I need to draw, but like. Um, the other two times that Hedera shows up is in a movie called Godzilla Final Wars, which is like made in like 2009, 2008. And, um, it's like, it was supposed to be like a big monster mash. Like every Godzilla villain showed up. So Hedera has a scene in it. Uh, and like his costume, it's not as good as the original cause it's not as gross, but it's very like a cool adaptation. Cool. And last year, um godzilla i think hit his 75th anniversary Mm -hmm. i want to say uh could be more could be less and they made a five minute special of the return of hetera where and they used the suits from final wars where godzilla and hetera had a rematch okay and uh and they did it with modern cameras but they used the old school techniques of guys in suits with, with on on sets and stuff like that cool and um it's on YouTube. Somebody re- re-uploaded it recently because it got taken down after a little while. Uh, but it was great. It really like was just so fun. I sent it to everybody. I'm sorry I didn't send it to you, Louie. I'll send it to you today. Yeah, send it to um, me. I kind of didn't want to ruin the surprise, to be honest. Well, because uh, I'll tell you what. I know who wins the fight Like without you telling me who wins the fight because Godzilla is one of the combatants. So uh, yeah. I know who wins. God- but I don't know how he wins, and I'm interested to see that. Godzilla, very much like Hulk Hogan, is going over, brother. He's mm-hmm. he's not losing. Yeah, like, not know. not ever. <laughs> um, unless it's like is. very, very specific circumstances. 
But I love that. And like I, I totally recommend everybody go and look it up. It's just like if you look up Godzilla versus Hedera 2021, you'll find it. And it's like a little retro kaiju throwback movie made it now. And there Dope. needs to be more of them. Yeah. There was um there was a moment during this fight that I really appreciated too. I think it was during the final fight where it really like shows how deliberate all of the the actions of the person in the suit is and like how it you know they're not just randomly pointing or swiping or you know yelling at each other like doing big gestures just to do them. It seems like every single gesture has a very specific sort of hand motion or the way that he'll rear his body back and then sort of thrust his neck forward when he's going to do an atomic blast. Like there's always a buildup to it. Um, almost like if you, if you really pay attention to like Dr. Strange, when he's doing all of his hand motions mm. to cast a spell, like there's a specific motion for certain spells and certain things. And I've noticed that with Godzilla, like every single movie, he kind of broadcasts what he's about to do. And by the end of the movie, you can kind of like, once he's doing the hand motions, you're like, oh shit, he's going to do the atomic breath. Yes. Uh, and sure <laughs> enough, he does. Um, my absolute favorite move that he did in this movie <laughs> is such a good wrestling move where he's facing off against Hedera. This is like the third time that they're rematching. Godzilla kicks a rock on the ground and it kind of just rolls away and that just distracts Hedera. And he takes that <laughs> opportunity to punch Hedera <laughs> through the eye. And I love Just it. like Eddie Guerrero, dude. Just, yeah. <laughs> that is all, that's so cool. Godzilla's I, resourceful. Uh, I forgot about that move, dude. That's great. That's classic heels work, dude. That's so <laughs> yep. good. I I um I think the wrestling comparison is perfect with the uh with the broadcasting of the moves because you gotta let people in row Z know you're about to do a big boot and a leg drop, you know? You're about yep. to do an elbow drop or something. Uh but it's also like being in that suit, much like when we were talking about being Robocop and being in that suit, it's a form of acting. It's a form of very physical acting that you can't rely on your face for, you can't rely on your emote, your ability to emote. It's got to be giant, giant moves in this big ass suit. And you got to make sure that the feeling of the creature is coming across on camera, which is like, it's a marriage of the person who's sweating to death in that suit. Mm -hmm. because They are sweating to death and the genius of the people creating the effects around them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just love that marriage between really high octane, insane things yeah, and still getting the feelings across, you know, like I, that's my sweet spot, but it's a lot of fun. It? Mr. Mr. G, do you have three big questions? You know that I do. Uh, all right. So this is a section of the podcast that we call lose big three. Um, and there's going to be a music cue. If you listen to the, to the uh, episode later, you're going to hear my friend Ryan singing the theme song for lose big three. Um, so I'm going to cut that in here. Lose Big Three, it's you and me. We're going to have fun with Lose Big Three. Uh, all right, so hey, thanks, Ryan. Great uh, great job singing the theme song once again. This is Lose Big Three, number one. Uh, Yanni, the birds and the fish, where have they gone? <laughs> Damn, dude, that's like a haiku prompt or something. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> if um if hetero is to be believed i think he killed all of them oh mm -hmm. wait as we've established he doesn't kill animals mm -hmm. so that must have been humanity that yeah. got rid of all the birds in the bush 
truly our hubris knows no bounds and it is only that of a giant muck monster that can teach us what it means to be human good answer um lose big three number two do you prefer you you've probably seen almost every godzilla movie there is right pretty much do you have a do you prefer when it's um and i think you kind of did talk about this but um if you could sort of like summarize your thoughts on it do you prefer when it's uh humans versus godzilla or when it's like humans versus a monster and godzilla is helping them fight the monster well i really prefer when the monsters are fighting because that's their prerogative and that's what they do and it's more or less about the humans like trying not to die in the process. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's always been my kind of sweet spot. Cause like I tend to prefer when the monsters are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And I think with some exception, uh, a lot there's, there's only two movies that come to three movies that come to mind where Godzilla is the sole monster presence, which is the very first film, which is one of the best films ever made. The Return of Godzilla in 1980, uh, or 1985 rather, uh, which is like a reboot to the whole franchise. So they wanted it to keep it just about him, which that movie's good and uh, was very cutting edge at the time, but it's now super 80s. So it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, and uh, the the oft-reviled uh, Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie from 1998. <laughs> the Iguana. Which, the Iguana, the Godzilla name only, like, you know, um, or Zilla, as he's referred to by the Japanese people. Okay. Because you could put Zilla on the end of anything, and it implies that it's a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, tr- Truckzilla, you know, sure. or something like that. So that's what, the, what they call him. Um, and I feel like those three movies are a huge mixed bag, is that, like, the first one is important, and it needs to just be about Godzilla. And the return, it makes sense. But then, like, the reason that the Matthew Broderick one sucks for there's a lot of reasons but the main one is that it's just him dude like it's just this iguana dude running around being afraid of helicopters and that is not godzilla that's that a great him, point dude. you know like and if at there at least was another monster which there was supposed to be originally like that'd be kind of cool like it wouldn't still wouldn't be a great godzilla movie but it'd be at least a cool monster movie. was it supposed to be a classic godzilla monster or like were they gonna invent nah. one for now no, it, they were going to make one. It was called like the Griffin. He had like four legs and like two arms or some shit like that. But the reason that King of the Monsters, which is often kind of, you know, looked down upon by a lot of American fans as just being sort of bloated and not that great. It was unprecedented that that movie has three classic Godzilla monsters in it, you know, mm. like that. If you're a fan like me, that is a big deal. And like every time I've talked about that movie with people who just watch blockbuster stuff, they're like, yeah, I don't know. That movie wasn't that good. And I'm like, what do you mean? Ghidorah was in it. Mm. Did you not see him? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the monster mash. You know, like yeah. I want them to throw down with each other and the human beings kind of have to like work around that. Yeah. To survive. Yeah. But, out of, out of all know, the... Godzilla movies I've seen, and it, it's a shorter, a short list. Um, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is one of my favorites because it has Mechagodzilla, it has King Caesar. I think and it also it, has and Gears, this, like, and Gears. Is that the armadillo kind of one that digs underground? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and I that's love so tragic. All these because varieties of of monsters. That's the thing is in that movie, Mechagodzilla disguises himself as the you know Big G is classic Godzilla, 
and then he kills Angiris, who at that point they've been established to be like old buddies because mm. Angiris is Godzilla's first opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's this great uh, moment where Angiris is just sort of like, no, like he doesn't want to get killed by Godzilla. And that's what makes Mechagodzilla a great villain, too, is that he's just like, he gets to pull off the mask like it's Mission Impossible or something. Like, it was me! (laughs) Yep. Every version of Mechagodzilla is my hands-down favorite. Um, I love that one. I love the one that was in, uh, spoilers, Godzilla vs. Kong that shows up in the third act of Godzilla vs. Kong. He's literally a Terminator in that movie. It's so cool. It's so good. Um, Yeah, it's like, because yeah. like this, this the, the in between Mecha Godzillas are usually weapons made by people to fight Godzilla. Yeah, and the very first one is a machine that hates Godzilla, and then in Godzilla versus Kong they have it so that he's possessed by Ghidorah's like skull. Yep. Which I was just I was watching that movie and I was just like, did I write this? I feel like I wrote this. Telepathic <laughs> like, link, baby. If you if you need if you need something to happen in your script and you're out of ideas, <laughs> telepathic link. Godzilla go it. was it? Godzilla sent a telepathic message to make it so that Mechagodzilla was evil in the fourth movie. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. How did, in general, how do you feel about in the 2014 uh, um, Godzilla the Mutos? Because they're they're a how brand new invention. What do you think of them? I think the Mutos are good I, in general. Like I, a lot of people don't like them. A lot of people really like them. Japanese people really don't like them, weirdly enough. Cause, but huh. they feel like American movie monsters. They don't feel retro to me. And as a result, some people don't like that. I think it's cool that Godzilla was throwing down with, like new school monsters in that movie. Like yeah. It's like if you fought the Cloverfield monster or something, you know? Yeah. I just – the execution of that movie always bothers me. Like there's good things in it. There's genius things in it. And there are things that that movie does better than, like, a lot of other ones. And weirdly enough, the man who made this movie, Godzilla vs. Hedera, was the first person from Toho to pitch legendary pictures on a new Godzilla. Oh, cool. Kind of starting as, like, a pseudo, like, hey, maybe we'll bring back Hedera. And they were like, well, we're good, but we'd like him to make a Godzilla movie. Yeah, how about these Mudos um, instead? <laughs> yeah, like, let's do some something that people won't think is bizarre. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think it's time. I think we're ready after after three Godzilla movies in a row, like modern Godzilla movies. I think we're ready for Hedera to make a comeback. I am. I'm Absolutely. Di- I'm disappointed I, that he wasn't in the um, Godzilla versus, what was it? Versus Godzilla King of Monsters. The one that came out before. King of the Monsters. Oh, King yeah. of the Monsters. Yeah, because that was like King everything. That had Ghidorah, well, that what? had Mothra. Yeah, and all the other monsters in that are also original for the most part. Oh, really? So like, it's not like yeah, a collection like, of like all of the classic monsters? No, like the giant mammoth was like a new invention. But he's cool. Yeah. He's badass. Like, what do you call it? And the spider is like kind of a reference to older Godzilla movies, but he could also just be a big spider. What was the one that crawled you know? out of a volcano and it was like a pterodactyl looking thing? Rodan? Yo, that that's called? Rodan, bro. Rodan is, is an old school monster, man. It hit, Rodan is the best in that movie because he's like Jafar. Yeah, he's like he's like scheming that whole movie, like yeah. at the very end when he's like bowing to Godzilla, it's just like my liege. You're like it's hilarious, like Starscream. <laughs> yeah, that was Rodan exactly. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Yanni, I think you're gonna like this question, and I think we built it up really well. Um, this is Lose Big Three number three. Uh, POV, you're you just wrapped up this podcast. You're chilling um, at home. 
Godzilla sends you a telepathic message. He's coming right. for you. You you've done something to upset Godzilla, and he's coming for you. Which Godzilla monster? You get to pick any of them uh, to come uh, and defend you. Which one do you think you stand the best chance if you call them in to defend you from Godzilla? Oh my goodness. Um, well, it, to, to to you, you telling me Godzilla is coming for you. What do you do about it? I don't know. It's kind of like telling like a terminally ill person. Like, do you accept the end of your life? (laughs) (laughs) You accept that your time on this earth is coming to an end or like, um, so you gotta think you get, so like what do humans want to do? We want to build a metal Godzilla to fight him because you got to meet the, the force with the force, but Godzilla is going to destroy him, dude. He's going to, he's going to body him and he's going to hate you more for having made him. Um, so then you, what do you got to do? You, maybe you want somebody like Ghidorah. You want somebody all powerful, but like Ghidorah is only going to lay waste to the earth after he stops Godzilla. If he does, which he won't. Hmm. So then you're like, okay, so I need like a good bro Kaiju. So maybe you want, maybe you want King Kong, but like that fight is going to lay waste to the infrastructure of wherever you live. Like New York gone, Manhattan mm-hmm. gone, like it's done. Those, cause those two are going to have like the longest Iron Man match ever. So, and maybe controversial opinion, if I want to save myself from Godzilla, I'm going to call Mothra. Because Mothra is the only one, only monster on Earth that could be like, hey, Godzilla, maybe chill out. <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe tone the town a little bit. <laughs> and he would consider it. I'm not even going to say that he'll agree or stop or not kill me, but he'll think about it. But it's your best chance. It's your best possible chance. It's my chance. best shot because yeah. otherwise I'm screwed. Yeah, I can see it's 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 almost. I definitely it's an unfair question because there's no way that you're surviving if if Godzilla's made up his mind. Uh, <laughs> I if, think, if the decision has been made, I think um, again my 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 Godzilla knowledge is limited, but um, based on Godzilla versus Kong. The, the 2022, 2021 uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, that end battle was almost like a rock, paper, scissors thing where it was like Godzilla was clearly bodying Kong. He If it was one-on-one and continued, Godzilla, no question, Kong would have been dead many, many times. But then Mechagodzilla shows up. Mechagodzilla was wrecking Godzilla. And like if, if, that, if that had continued one-on-one, I fully think Mechagodzilla would have won but King Kong, even though he can't beat Godzilla, could, is, is uniquely equipped to beat Mechagodzilla. So Godzilla's only chance was when they teamed up. So, yeah, if it were me, I would want Mechagodzilla and then just hope that Godzilla doesn't get Kong or Ghidorah or Mothra or, or like a second monster on his side because then it's over. Then I have no chance. I think that's very sound. Dude. That's very sound analysis. Yeah. Um, but what do you call it? If I can have a note that I go out on for this episode is with, with Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla and Kong and stuff. Is that like, you know, Godzilla was bodying Kong, especially because he kept having him on the ropes or in situations where he couldn't survive, like on the, the battleships and stuff. And Kong needed to use a weapon to fight him to get an advantage. Uh, and then Mecha Godzilla had to fight, you know, Mecha G after a, a real barn burner with Kong and he's exhausted. Mm. And he's getting his ass handed to him, and he probably would have died, and, yep. and that would have been a tragedy. But Kong, not stronger than Godzilla, 
but he's monkey, bro. Like he's yep. using his big old primate brain and he can outsmart a machine. Yep. And like Godzilla, as much as I love him, dude, he's trying to meet force with force. He's not trying to like find the joints in the machine to like break the the the, the arms of the robot. He maybe I, I don't know, he's got man. a lizard brain still, so I know a lot of the movies came out the last couple of years, but I think that's still the best movie I saw. This, oh god, I this love decade, it so much. I'll say. It's one of it's, the, it's one of my be. favorite movies that I've ever seen. I love it so much. I, I cannot overstate how much I love Godzilla versus Kong. It's it makes, a makes me very spectacle. happy. To hear it. It's um, it's beautiful. Do you, Yanni, do you have time for our two bonus questions? I don't know if you remember from our Robocop episode. Um, but we I like could, to do I could bonus question. Two I could bonus, bonus questions. questions. Uh, this is the section of the podcast we call "What's Yo Snack?" Uh, Yanni, what is your favorite movie snack? Did you watch any, or did you enjoy any particular snack? While um, did you chow down on anything while while Godzilla was chowing down on Hedera? So I remember last time I answered was crazy because I kept going to the food truck by my house. Mm-hmm. But the last time I watched Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, and not some one, I watched Hedera by myself, but the last time I watched Godzilla versus Kong, uh, my girlfriend actually made homemade popcorn and threw spices and seasonings in with the butter and, and the oil before she cooked it on the stove. Nice. And considering I'm used to cooking with a, you know, friggin' microwave, this was the best popcorn I'd ever eaten in my life. And I was shoveling it by the handful into my mouth while watching this, you know, monster movie. And I have n- never been happier. Mm. in my life <laughs> maybe when my nephew was born but like yep. it's a strong like you know, it's, it's, it's a one-to-one to you know like it depends on the day yeah good answer uh <laughs> bonus question number two if we replaced any two characters uh, including the monsters in this in godzilla versus hetera with danny devito and Whoopi goldberg who would you replace and how would that improve the film uh jeez, man I uh I don't know if I'd improve it or not. I would love <laughs> if Hetero was voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-huh. Like it's still Hetero, but she's just like in the booth with the headphones on, like screaming at Godzilla or like screaming about pollution yeah. and also like but also escaping. And like imagine Whoopi Goldberg voicing the scene where Hetero dumps crap on Godzilla. <laughs> That'd be wild, right? Talk, yeah. Like just trash talk ending his whole career. <laughs> and um i would love if ken was just inexplicably played by danny devito but was still supposed to be a child oh my god especially that scene where he's running around with like the the shorts the yeah. you know what i'm talking about like those those like very 1970s japanese boy shorts uh danny yeah, devito in that outfit yeah nailed All it right, just- Godzilla sent me a telepathic message like you know like <laughs> it writes itself <laughs> <laughs> he's telling me to download a hoagie off the internet <laughs> oh my god so that question is always subjective but that is objectively the right answer you, you got the correct answer uh so a thousand, a thousand robots versus dinosaur points to yanni <laughs> i'm gonna put those in the bank dude <laughs> So Yanni, having having brought on a robot movie and a dinosaur movie, which one is cooler, robots or dinosaurs? Oh my god! Oh, oh, okay, so I love Godzilla versus Hedera, but I also love almost every Godzilla movie. And as much as it's probably like top five for me, it's maybe not my number one. 
mm. where RoboCop is just maybe one of my top five films of all time, regardless of franchise or whomever. And like, you really put me in a Sophie's Choice situation over here, <laughs> but I really I would have to pick RoboCop if it's versus or if it's going up against Godzilla versus Hedera. But okay. it's still really hard to choose. And if it was Mecha Godzilla, I straight up couldn't pick. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Uh, putting that on the record. Uh, so far, robots, according to Yanni, are cooler than dinosaurs. Um, I I, they, I guess that tracks because my favorite villain is Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Go, go figure. Yeah. But then again, you know, depends on the day, man. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the context. Um, yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. I'm really glad that you introduced this movie into my life. Uh, I loved I'm, watching it. I loved talking about <laughs> I'm it. I'm very happy to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's such it's such a bizarre, weird movie. I don't know that I ever would have seen it on my own. So I really appreciate that you that you brought it, that you uh, presented it to me. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I guess I'll say is that like, I'm sure, you know, given the theme of the the podcast is that I know you've talked about Godzilla movies before, and there are a lot of really big iconic ones and from different eras. Like, I know you watched the one with Ghidorah that has all the time travel stuff in it, which is a great one. <laughs> yes. um, like that movie's awesome. And that's the one with Mecha Ghidorah. Like that one's totally cool. But like, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Um Nobody or not nobody people like this movie, especially people like me, but like nobody was going to try to be on this show talking about this one. So I <laughs> felt like it was only appropriate. And plus, if if you'd never seen it, I just love showing this people, showing this movie to people. There we go. Yeah. Listeners, if, if you've listened so uh, all this way so far and but you didn't watch Godzilla vs. Hedera. Uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. You're going to have a good time. It's it's not a masterpiece, but it's very fun and it's very watchable from start to finish. <laughs> it's uh, I think the way that we said it before we started recording was that it's um, uh, <laughs> you're like it's not ha- uh, hard to follow. I'm like no, it's hard to follow. It's just not open to interpretation. <laughs> Perfect. And I said. think that's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the best way to end this episode. Uh, Yanni, thank you so much for being on. Again, you're a wonderful for guest every me, time you come on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to the next time that you uh, bring a crazy movie onto Robots vs. Dinosaurs. I'll, I'll hopefully it won't take like four months to think of it this time, but I would let very be, ha- be very happy to be back. Thank you for having me, Louis. It's always a good time talking to you, dude. Dope, man. Thanks again. No problem. Anytime, dude. What? But this one, he just walks out in front of a sunset like Clint Eastwood while some really, like, farty trumpets are playing. Godzilla just sent a telepathic message. Godzilla sent me a telepathic message. He's telling me to download a hoagie off the internet. Excuse me, what? My liege. He's a giant flying turtle. Not only that, he, like, buried him in a ditch and then covered him in all of his, like, dookie goo. He pooped on him, dude. That's Gross. just what went down. Godzilla just comes in and is like, Get off my planet. It's some serious, like, this town ain't big enough for the two of us energy, you know? Like...